the money part is only a small part of the success. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy what I do. I want to help people grow their businesses and do what they want to do. Welcome to Ask the Pros Business Show, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs and people in business about their business journey, providing our listening community with a variety of strategies that can help grow their businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ask the Pros Business, where we speak to business owners, entrepreneurs. They come on the show to share their journey and their story. You know, and on this particular episode, you know, guys, I've got Sophie. Sophie is all the way from the States, you know, and she's been in, in business for over 20 years, entrepreneur, you know, teaching businesses, business owners, you know, how to grow their business and helping business owners, you know, grow their multi-million dollar business as well. You know, and Sophie on this show, we always start from the beginning, which means telling us, you know, how the journey started for you, you know, for you, how did it all begin? Uh, It began, like you said, a little over 20 years ago. I needed to make money to help support the family uh, without paying all of that money to daycare. So I jumped into the online world as a freelancer. Uh, I started out as um, what I found out later is a virtual assistant. And I was doing customer service for a a man in New York who ran an e-commerce business online. Mm -hmm. And I worked with him for almost four years um, doing his customer service and then eventually managing the business. And after about four years of doing it for very little pay, um, because back then I didn't know how much a VA got paid, how much an online business manager got paid, any of that. So uh, I was burned out and just overstressed and wiped out. So we decided to let me take time off and be a stay-at-home mom and and not work for a little time. About eight months later, things happened with the house and whatnot that we had to fix and, and a lot of our extra money went to that. So I had to go back to work and I jumped back into the freelance world as a transcriptionist. And that is where I met the online coaches and consultants and, um, you know, service providers that I work with now. And I was very excited. I was, I was transcribing their teleseminars at the time. Uh, You know, but this is before everything happened on zoom. And uh, you know, this was before the big webinar thing. And I really was impressed with what they did, how they were doing it. And, and I was, I wanted to be a part of it. So I jumped back into the virtual assistant world and launched myself in as a freelancer, still um, as a virtual assistant jumped on social media, Twitter and Facebook. And I lived on Twitter and Facebook for like six months until fellow virtual assistants found me and and asked me to do work for them. And the minute they did that was when the true business was born. Sophie Zoe LLC was born. and, And that was in 2009. And from there, I just kept marking myself and connecting and growing and learning. And, um, it's been through many incarnations, many evolutions. I started out solo, built a team, decided I didn't want to be a jack of all trades. So I got certified in social media management and online business management. And so I specialized in those two areas and kind of went solo again. I mean, I had a VA of my own and things like that, but I didn't have a full team. Did that for a few years had an opportunity to go exclusive with a singular client in 2018. And I thought, you know, I've been working with them for 
about five years by then, this is a great thing. I don't have to do all this different stuff. I got one client. I'm making good money. Cool. I took the opportunity, let go of all my other clients. And by the end of that year, I was like, you know, I love working for them, but I can't make a lot of money doing this and I can't help a lot of people doing this. So I started rebuilding a, a team model, an agency model uh, toward the end of 2018. And it's a good thing I did because at the beginning of 2019, that exclusive client let me go and I had nothing. I lost it all and I had to start over from scratch. And so I spent 2019 with my VA, who happens to be my daughter-in-law, by my side, rebuilding Sophie Zoe from scratch into a team-based uh, next-level business support company that provides marketing operations and admin services for six and seven-figure business owners. And you know, along the way, I have developed my podcast, Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe, and that is full of the tips and tricks and things that I've learned along the way, both as a business owner and from my coaches and mentors and support groups um, for building businesses, um, how to build a business, how to grow it and how to turn it into your own million dollar empire. If that's what you so desire. <laughs> yeah. yeah so man, what a remarkable story, you know, but you know, when we go into business, you know, or we come across difficulties, you know, sometimes people process things differently. They'll probably want to let that setback just, you know, what? I'm not doing this anymore. Let me just do whatever I can. But for you, that whole process came whereby, you know, something happened in your house and you now have to go back and start over again, you know. But what was the driving force behind that? Because sometimes when you know your why, you tend to push forward, you know, you tend to push things, you know. But for you, what was that why for you? I loved what I did. I love what I do to this day. And, and I love working with the people I work with, both my team and the clients that I serve. I love helping them build their business, have time for themselves and not, you know, not be that stressed out, overwhelmed person I was all those years ago when I quit that first job, that first gig I had. And I love the people. I love the work. And, you know, I just wasn't ready to retire or I mean, that's what it would have been. It would have been retirement. Um, you know, I'm I'm not that old and I didn't want to be bored out of my mind sitting around the house wondering what I was going to do. Um, and so I was just like, you know, this is what I do. This is who I am. And, and now I have the opportunity to make it exactly what I want it to be and grow it in the way that I want it to be. And that was kind of the biggest motivating factors. I was getting to start over from scratch and use what I've learned over the previous years and from my coaches and mentors to really build the best business possible. I have the best evolution of my business right now. And I'm so excited to have it that way because I'm finding more joy in the work that I do, the people I work with and everything now than I ever did in the previous 18 years of working in my business and doing what I do. In transiting, you know, transit from your nine to five to having a business as well, because we tend to probably come against some hurdles or stumbling blocks, you know, that would probably want to make us give up easily, you know, for you, what were those challenges you had initially starting having that transition? When I was first, you know, building the business and going from working kind of a job, but from home and all of that into the business itself, the, the, the biggest stumbling blocks when I first got started was I was getting um, potential clients who wanted me to do things I didn't know how to do. 
And initially I was just referring them to people I knew who did those things. And that's where the first team-based business was born. My mentor at the time sat on a call with me and was like, why are you giving away that business? If you are connected to that many people and have those kinds of relationships, you should be building a team to outsource to under your umbrella, so to speak, so that you're getting the clients, you're getting to make the revenue, you're getting to do the work and also have other people do work. And, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and so that was like the first hurdle was like, I thought I was going to do it all by myself. I thought, you know, that was, that was back in the day when I thought I was superwoman and could do it all myself and be that one person that served these people. But it was, you know, the biggest challenge was, I was starting to get a lot of people who wanted services I didn't offer and I was having to turn them away to other people. And it was my, my coach at the time who said, you know, stop doing that, build a team, make it a, a multi-level business of people that work with you and for you and, and keep those clients and build your business faster and easier in that respect than trying to do it all by yourself. And that was one of the biggest lessons I learned very early on is you cannot do it by yourself. Cannot. You have to be, you have to have support in the business and not to mention outside of the business. Yeah, absolutely, Sophie. And yeah, you mentioned something about mentor as well, mentorship as well, because uh, I think when we do things or when we go into business or want to do something new, it's always good to talk to people that have done it before or someone that would hold your hands and say, you know, this is how you do it. You know, this is, this is a step to take. You know, but for you to happen on that point to the listeners or the viewers that will listen to this, you know, how important is mentorship, you know, starting a business? It is crucial. It is, I, I tried to build, and I actually tried to build this business to six figures. After that very first mentor I had, we parted ways and I went on my own. And I tried to build my business to six figures by myself without any coaching or mentoring. I just was like, I know how to do this. I can do this. You know, I can rely on free information on the internet. You know, I could Google anything. And um, I got myself up to one year, my best year was 94,000. I missed six figures by $6,000. Wow. And I was like, okay, I give up. I don't know what to do here. And it ha so happened six months later, I went to an event um, with my mentor, the, the man that became my coach and mentor shortly thereafter. And I worked with him for about four years and working with him was the crux of my business crossing the six-figure mark, keeping the six-figure mark. And then even when I lost it all, I still had him and I was still working with him. And he is a big re big part of the reason why I kept going and, and was able to rebuild as fast as I was able to rebuild and to rebuild something I really loved because I had that coach. And he's a seven-figure seven plus coach and, and business owner. So I know he knows what he's doing and I'd been with him for a few years anyway. So it was just without him and his team that helped me rebuild from scratch, not to mention, of course, my husband and family and things like that. I couldn't have done it as quickly as I did it because I would have been doing that whole, I'm doing it myself a thing and it would have been a struggle. And I was able to get the kind of information, advice, support, and, um, you know, feedback on what I was trying to do and, you know, then, and adding in his suggestions, ideas, and things like that between those things all came together and allowed me to rebuild from scratch faster, better, and easier than the old days when I started this all by myself in 2009. 
<laughs> Absolutely, man. What a remarkable story. You know, but talking about support and feedback, you know, and strategies that has worked for you as well. What would you say is the best advice you've gotten so far? You know, starting your business up to now, you know, like the best advice someone has given you. It could be your mentor, your husband, family and friends. You know, what is that thing that you've had on to that has helped your business so far? Um, honestly, that coach that was that helped me rebuild. Um, his CEO was in on a, co- a, a mini coaching program that I was participating in. And the particular problem I was having was having to do was with, you know, lead generation and the best, and she, she said it lovingly. She really did, but she looked at me through zoom and said, Sophie, I just got to say this, but just get over yourself and do it. I was my biggest block. I was just holding myself back for various reasons. And she was, and she knew me well enough. And she, you know, we, she, and I, she did say it lovingly. It wasn't mean. It wasn't, you know, unprofessional. And that honestly is one of the best things someone has said to me in all these years of the work I've been doing to build this business is I'm, you know, I'm my biggest block. And if you're, if you're not going to, if you want to do this, you have to get over yourself and do it over your fears, over your, your money stories, your, the, you know, things in your upbringing that hold you back that aren't true. You know, the whole thing, like you have to work hard to make lots of money and, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and all those things. You have to get past all of that, let all that go and understand you can do anything you want. If you put your mind to it, you just have to get over yourself and do it. Absolutely. And that's probably the best advice I've gotten over the years that and be myself. Don't be somebody I'm not. That would probably be the second best advice I've gotten is be myself. Don't be who people think I should, who I think people want me to be. Don't be, you know, be me. And I've recently learned that lesson. And it's very eye-opening when you can look at yourself and go, oh my gosh, all these years I've been presenting myself in the business world online as this persona that is really, it's me, but it's not me. In the sense of, you know, it's the business professional, straight-laced, stuffy kind of person. And it's like, you know, I'm this 80s pop rock, fun-loving, Harry Potter, you know, person. And it's like, that didn't really come through and who I, you know, how I was presenting myself online. And so doing that has also been eye-opening and very uh, freeing and brought in a whole lot a whole next level of things in my business. And it's such a relief because you're not, you know, you don't have to put on that mask when you walk into the office every day. Cause I do, you know, in my yeah. office it's like, I walk in this door and it's like, okay, I'm the business professional today. This is Sophie Zero, the business professional. It's like, no, heck with that. You know, you gotta be you and, and being yourself and letting go of fears and doubts and worries and any naysayers just yeah, push, honestly, you know, just push it away. Yeah, I get you on this, Sophie. You know, I think it's easier being you, you know, easier being who you are and doing things at your own pace, you know, because for me, for one, I'll use myself as an example, you know, starting this podcast, you know, like about three years ago, it was always the case of, okay, so you you stutter, you know, how are you going to speak to people? How are you going to have a conversation? You know, people keep saying this, you know, how are you going to do that? You're going to do that. Who's going to be your guest? Oh my God, there's a lot of people saying a lot of stuff. But, you know, like you said, I just had to be me. I had to start from somewhere, baby steps, you know, just start being me and doing it the way I know how to do it. And now I'm speaking to guests, you know, all over the world, you know, 
from New Zealand, Australia, US, you're in the US now, everywhere. I think being you is great. You know, that's a very valid point. It's very, very valid. You know, being you is great. You know, and starting out as well, you want to do a lot of stuff as well. Some things you love, some things you don't really love. You know, you just want to do things. But for you, you know, starting now, what were those things that that you had to do that you didn't really love, you know, because we can't be good at everything. Starting out, understand that you can do the recording, do the editing, do your copywriting, do a lot of stuff yourself. But there are some things that you really love doing. Me, for once, in the beginning, I would record the shows, I would edit them. But now, editing is not really fun for me anymore. <laughs> like, it's not as if I want to shy away from me or I don't know how to do it. Thinking about how to grow the business, the other areas of the business, you know, social media as well, how to put your content for different social media platforms. You know, you don't think about all that as well, you know, but for you, you know, so what were those things that you would advise upcoming business owners or people in business as well? Like, you know what, if you don't know how to do this part, it's better you give it out to someone that knows to do it, you pay for it or whatever. What were those things that you would say, you know, this part of the business, I wasn't great at it. This side, I was great at it. What were those things? The very first thing that I outsourced in my business is copywriting. Uh, writing the blog posts, <laughs> writing the emails, right. writing all those things, even the, so, you know, I did do my own social media posts for a while, but it, the blog posts and the newsletters and things, that was my biggest nightmare. I didn't like writing them. I'm not, I wasn't good at writing them. Yeah. And I have been outsourcing the copywriting of my company almost, not quite since day one, but pretty darn close. Because once I figured out that I just, quite frankly, sucked at it. <laughs> and I really didn't enjoy it. I said, uh, okay, that's it. That's the first person I've got to get. I've got to outsource in my own business is the copywriting. I cannot do this. I don't want to do this. And so that was the first thing I, I got off my plate was, was the copywriting. And it's been, and I've been through, I, you know, I actually started with ghostwriters and, you know, a ghostwriter can write factual articles and factual information. They don't really, it's not really marketing content and it's, it's not necessarily, you know, in my persona, my personality. And I did that for quite some time. And then I realized the difference between a ghostwriter and a copywriter. The copywriter doesn't just do the factual based articles. They do it from your voice, your perspective, your persona. And so I switched to copywriters and that's where I was really like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And the one I have now, she knows me so well. I mean, sometimes she knows me better than I know me. She'll write something out and be like, you know, I never would have wrote it that way, but that is totally me. That's the way it should be written because that's my personality and that's who I am. And that's something I would definitely say. So yeah, copywriting is definitely it. And then, you know, the basic administrative stuff, someone who manages your email, your calendar, your scheduling, those kinds of things. That's the other thing that you have to get off your plate because if you're stuck in your email all day long, you're not going to get anything done. You've got to have that admin that executive admin or a VA that, you know, basically takes care of those day-to-day -day administrative stuff. Those are the first two things that I really got off my plate until, you know, now I'm at a point where almost everything is off my plate. The project management, the team management, all of those things are pretty much off my plate. My executive team handles all of that. And I really am just, um, you know, I meet with the clients I do the online business management work for a couple of our clients because I'm the only OBM on the team. And, um, but that's okay because I've got them doing everything else and I'm still able to do the networking and the marketing that I need to do and the selling that I need to do and the 
you know, podcast recordings like this. I have time for this because they're doing all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's really great to be able to, to get those things off your plate and it's getting the things you don't know how to do and the things you don't like doing off your plate first, because that is the most important thing that will be the most relief to you and open up the space you need to do the things you want to do and the things you need to do to grow the business, get more clients, whatever the case may be. And again, a lot of people would say, oh, Sophie, oh, you guys, you know, you're making it sound so easy because you've been doing it for a long time. You've got probably have the money for it. You know, I'm just starting out right now. I haven't got the money. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You know, people say a lot of stuff, you know, and they, for me, I think people can bring up a lot of excuses. You know, when you don't want to do something, you always find an excuse for that. Mm-hmm. But for people that are starting out early stages of business, entrepreneurship and all that, you know, what would you say to them in terms of if they say, oh, Sophie, you know, I want to go into what you're doing. I love it. But you know, starting out is hard because I haven't got money for this money, for that money, for that. I would say, you know, why don't you go on YouTube and learn how to do a lot of stuff? When the business is probably growing, starting paying for itself, you know, you can pay for other stuff. But a lot of people come with a lot of excuses, you know. For you, what is that thing you want to tell people that are just starting out in the beginning, early stages of business? What do you say to them in terms of being creative and getting things done? Well, you know, initially you will be doing it all yourself, but you only want to do that for a short period of time. After you get a few clients coming in the door or, you know, products sold, whatever your business is, and you've got some revenue going, that's when you need to invest in your first person to help you out. And an example I love to give to people is, is like someone who is a business coach or a life coach, that kind of a thing. If they charge $250 an hour for their coaching services, and they hire a VA at $25 an hour for 10 hours a month, They and they get one new client in those 10 hours that are freed up, that VA is paid for and then some because they're going to be getting $250 an hour from that client multiple times a month because it, unless it's they're probably coaching more than once a month, you know, if they're doing a coaching call a week, that's $1,000 right there. And you're paying that VA $250 a month. Now, is that not a hellacious return on your investment? It is. And that also means you can take another 250 and give that VA 10 more hours of stuff to do, get 10 more hours off your plate so you can get many more clients. And before you know it, you've got four or five clients paying you 250 an hour and you're paying that VA $500 a month maybe 750 if you get them up to 30 hours a month. And the more, because the, when you get that free time to be able to network and do sales calls and get clients in the door, it quadruples and beyond what you're doing because you're paying them that small amount of money to give you 10 hours of your time back. And as long as you use those 10 hours a month wisely to get clients or sell your products and whatever the case may be, you can't go wrong because you're going to make so much more on return on that investment than you can imagine. You have to remember what you're doing, what you charge for what you're doing and where, you know, a simple VA can come in for, you know, cause you don't have to hire a full-time person. That's the other mis- misconception is you, you're not hiring someone 40 hours a week, every week of the month, you know, you're going to hire a virtual assistant or a virtual team member of some sort. That's going to be very part-time to start. And that gives you that leverage you need to get enough time off of your plate to be able to focus on getting sales. And once you start rolling in those sales and giving them more work, it's just this big, great, vicious cycle of good stuff 
growing and growing and eventually you'll add more team members and, and different, you know, you'll have marketing people and, you know, copywriters and, you know, all of those things you can, but it starts with one. If you just start with one and make the most of the time you get by hiring that person, it is an ever growing good snowball of, you know, money coming in and having plenty of money to afford to pay that VA and, and bring on other team members as time goes on. And it's just kind of like a rinse and repeat thing, right? Yes. Yes. If you stay stuck with doing it all yourself, you can only go so far monetarily. And, you know, it, it's a leap of faith. It really is. It's a leap of faith. And you've just got to, you've got to take that leap of faith and make it happen. Nice. Absolutely. You know, but looking back, what you've done in the past, you know, things you've done, strategies used as well, you know, what would you have done differently? You know, what is that thing you think back and say, oh, Sophie, you would have done this differently. You know, what is that thing you would have, have you just done? Well, in my case, <laughs> yeah, I would have never it. gone exclusive with that singular client. That is the biggest lesson that I've learned. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, honey, because sometimes that basket drops and they all break. And you're in trouble. Um, That's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in these years. But it's but, you know, the other side of it is, is not doing it alone. Taking that leap of faith and investing in yourself and your business, because that's another way to look at it. You're investing in yourself and your business. And if you can't invest in yourself and your business, you can't really make it happen. You've got to be willing to spend some money. Oh, cliche over here. You got to spend money to make money. You really do. And, you know, there were, I've had, believe me, you know, I've had my months where the profit margin has been very slim. Um, But I know that I did a lot of investing in the right things to grow the business. And I, in the long term, that's all going to pay off. And that's what's going to get me to my next level and keep me going is investing in myself and the business because coaching and, and mentor, you know, coaches and mentors in a lot of cases aren't inexpensive, but if you don't make that investment and get that support and that help, you'll be like me stuck at 94,000 a year, never quite hitting that six figures because <laughs> you didn't make that investment in yourself and your business because that's really what it is at heart. It's investing in yourself and your business. Yeah. And investing in yourself as well is key, you know, business aspect as well is key. You know, it tends to just maybe you want to rebrand or you want to like use different, it could be your logo, any, it could be your staffing and all that, you know, but investing in yourself is key. But when it comes to the branding of the business as well, that's not a different thing entirely, you know, like branding, personal branding or business branding. You know, for you, what does that mean to you in terms of branding your business or yourself? Well, it you know, I just actually did a complete rebrand of my business and uh, it launched last week. And let me tell you, if your brand does not represent you fully 100% and you don't keep your brand up to date, it is going to really hinder your ability to get the good clients because I had basically the same brand from 2009 until last week. <laughs> and, and I didn't really, I mean, you know, my website was okay. My brand was okay, but I didn't realize until I did the rebrand and brought out the, what, I, what it turned into. I was like, wow, it really took me doing it and going through it to realize 100% that your brand is so important and it's got to represent you it's got to be it's got to represent the current times 
And, and it's got to be, it's got to have personality and whatnot. It can't just be a logo and a banner and a bunch of words. There's got to be more pop to it. And I don't mean like flashy and, you know, and frou-frou even, um, you know, because if you're not a frou-frou person, you don't want a frou-frou brand. You've got to do what works for you. And, but the brand is what's important because I mean, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, uh, Microsoft, you know, even Facebook, they wouldn't be what they are without their brand. And the, they've, you know, the logo, the colors, the fonts, the, the messaging, it's all about, and it's all, you know, true to who they are, what they are. And they wouldn't be as big as they are if they didn't have the right brand for themselves. And it goes all the way down to that little bitty small business owner, even the person just starting out, you've got to have a brand. You've got to have a logo. You've got to have colors and fonts and messaging that is true to you, true to what you do, and speaks to your ideal client too. You've got to talk there. You've got to talk about them and their story and how you help them. And you know, it's not all about me, me, me. It's about you know what's their problem. What what things are they facing that you can solve? And you speak to your clients, your potential clients, your target audience. And when you have your brand nailed down to yourself and to what fits your business, it's going to pop. It's going to stand out to them and it's going to stay top of mind. And not only will they hire you, but they're going to spread the word and refer people to you because when your brand matches who you are and what you do and you market it the way you market it accordingly, it, it really helps you with your business to be able to grow and get clients or sell your products, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely, Sophie. And I know branding is key, but you having to brand your business. What was a great lesson you took out of that? I know we spoke about this the last time we had the intro call. You're talking about your business, how, how you have to change everything, you know, the whole process. Was it expensive to do trying to make your followers to say or your clients to see that, oh, the business is changing, you know, did that really have an impact on the business itself? It did. It it had an effect on the business and me personally, because it is a true, a truer expression of me, of the business, an example of what we do for our clients and how, and, you know, it speaks to my, my clients, the clients I want to have. My old website, I realized in the process of rebranding that I should have let it go a long time ago. I should have rebranded a long time ago because once I saw the difference between the old side and the new side and the new brand, I could see how my old website and brand was actually a deterrent to getting business, to the kind of business I wanted, the kind of clients I wanted. It was not next level business. It was not a next level brand, a next level look. Um, and it certainly wasn't as modern and edgy and me as it is now. And it has freed me up to be able to really communicate to potential clients, to the world, who I really am, who we really are as a business and a company. And, and, and we speak the language, so to speak, of the, the potential clients and clients that we want to have. And my old site clearly did not do that, but I really didn't see it until I got my new site and my new messaging and everything put together. And I was like, oh, wow, wow. This, you know, <laughs> this is you know, a whole new world. I was like, no wonder I was struggling to get the level of client I wanted because my brand and my website 
did not really portray that messaging and that example until I rebranded to what it is now. Nice, man. Rebranding is good. Always gives you like a fresh air, you know, like sets you apart as well, you know. But for you, talking about things that set you apart or how you do business differently, you know, what is that thing that you do differently that people will say, you know, I want to go to her because she's kind of like unique. She, she does things in a particular way that we love. What is that thing that sets you apart? from other people that are doing the same kind of business with you? Well, the the main thing that sets us apart is that we are that one-stop shop, all-in-one team in one place. We cover the three major areas of the business from strategy and planning all the way down to management and implementation. We aren't just the strategist. We aren't just the doers. We are the whole kit and caboodle And you get a whole team of people in one place so that you don't have to go hire five different people to do all those things. You come to me and you get all those things. And we are that that place to go to get all the marketing operations and admin services you need in one place with a longstanding, reliable reputation of providing top-notch services, results, and dependability, loyalty, and accountability and responsibility in a much higher level than than many of the other businesses out there doing what we do. Yeah, good. And I see you're, you're very busy as well, you know, doing all that and trying to manage other aspects of the business as well, very busy. But when it comes to time managing, people often say now work-life balance, people say a lot of stuff right now, you know, they tell you, oh, you need to manage your time, you know, and keep your me time and the business time, you know. When it comes to time management, you know, how do you factor that into your business in terms of, you know, keeping the business separate and family as well? You know, how do you do all that? Well, you know, there are, you know, there's, I block time on my calendar very specifically for the things I do. My, my, I've automated a lot of things. I have a lot of people doing the work for me. Um, But, you know, in 100% honesty, there are times where the business does take me away from the me time. Um, because like if you go through a growth phase or this rebrand, you know, there are certain, it, especially in my world, that it's cyclical. There are times and stretches where I am working a lot of hours on the business, in the business, et cetera. And then there will be cycles where it's less so and I have more family time. But I can say that I never let myself get so busy that I don't do some me time at least every weekend sometimes in the evenings as well. Every, I do have a regular um, massage. I have a regular mani-pedi that I do religiously. I do yoga twice a week. And, and now that I have this a new grandbaby, we go see him at least one day of the weekend, every weekend without fail. And those are, if you know, and I've told many of my friends and colleagues, I said, if you ever hear me say that I've stopped doing those things, you know, I've gone off the deep end in the wrong way and business has become overpowering and I've stepped away from what I believe and what I talk about and teach my clients and do for my clients. And, you know, I tell them, please come by and give me a swift kick in the, you know what, because I need to get my head back on straight because I've, I can't neglect my self-care, my family time and my fun time and my grandson. Um, you know, my having the grandson is probably the biggest thing that lately that made me stop and go, oh, wow, you know, 
there is a side of life I've never experienced and I love it. And I'm not going to give this up. And at least until we move to Florida to the beach, but um, <laughs> that's down the road a couple of years. Uh, uh, but you know, the, the first few weekends I spent with my, my grandson, I just got this whole new sense of being and new respect for me time, downtime, family time, because, you know, stopping and just spending time with him and my son and daughter-in-law has been very, you know, I see the results of taking that time. I go back to work on Monday and spend my Monday through Friday in a much better headspace and rest space. And, you know, the stress and the overwhelm is gone and, and it stays gone because I make those efforts to do those things every weekend and the yoga during the week to keep myself from going off the deep end, as I call it, and just doing business, business, business. Yeah, it's true. You know, spending time with your grandson, you know, I think that probably gives you another view to life as well. But would you say that kind of like um, redefined your why? Well, the thing that redefined my why was actually before him. Uh, when we... Several years ago, we started vacationing at the beach in Florida every now and again, and I fell in love with the beach and I I fell in love with the idea of a a house on the beach in Florida well before retirement. I didn't want to retire there. (laughs) I wanted to move there and live the rest of my life there. And and once my husband got on board, because the first time he was like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm not living in this heat and humidity all my life. (laughs) And then we go through and, you know, we're in Nashville, Tennessee. Winters are mild compared to a lot of places, but we do still get winter. A few winters later, he's like, oh, no, I want that heat and humidity. So once I got him on board for the idea of a house on the beach in Florida, that became my new why. And that was just in the last probably year, year and a half. That's my new why of what I do in that respect, because I want that beach house in Florida But then my grandson came along and it's like, that's my why for making sure I do my best to become the CEO and leader of my company through and through and not doing a lot of client work. That's the why he brings into this. It's like, I want my time to spend with my grandson and my family. And the best way for me to do that is become the CEO and leader of the company. Let my team do all the work like they're supposed to, you know, get my hand out of the cookie jar and, um, and really let go of all of that side of the business. I mean, yes, I will keep my online, my OBM clients, but they are just a couple of people, a couple of jobs, so to speak, that don't require, you know, eight hours a day, five five days a week, if that, And if I get out of all the other pieces and parts of the the business and let my team do all that, I I will always have that time for my grandson, my family, for massages and all of that. So I have a two-factor why now. He's a different kind of why. The beach house is the other why. (laughs) That's great, Sophie, man. I love that, love that, love that, love that. In terms of, you know, because you speak about, you know, taking businesses to the next level, you know, and you having your house in Florida, you know, and all that, you know, is that going to make you stop taking business with less level? Or are you just going to leave that? Is this something you still want to do or something you just want to just, you know, give up entirely, you know, helping businesses? Oh, no. Uh, you know, 
I, at this point, I have no plans of retiring, especially <laughs> when I get to the point where I really am just the CEO and leader of the company and I'm not putting in, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And when I'm working from my beach house, you know, on the deck going, there's the ocean and here's my laptop and I'm in, I'm in Zen heaven, you know, um, you know, but because because it's an online business and because I'm growing it to the point where, you know, for me, next level is going to be not only revenue levels, but it's, it's the whole purpose of me being just the CEO and leader and letting everything else be done by my team and the people I hire and the people who take care of the company for me. Um, And then, you know, and maybe someday my daughter-in-law will take it over. And if she chooses to do so great, um, I'm definitely willing to pass the reins to her if that's what she wants. But, you know, there may, and, you know, when we, when my husband and I did our estate planning a few years ago and put together our wills, I told, uh, you know, they asked, what do you want to do with your company? And I'm like, I want you to close it down and disband it and, be, and, and get, you know, and, and take it down because I don't want to force it on anybody. And I really don't want to sell it because, you know, that's my name. That's my reputation. I'm the face of the company. I don't want somebody buying Sophie's Zone Next Level Business Support and they're not like me and they could change it. They could, you know, they could make it something that it's not. And I wouldn't want to see that happen because I'm not going to spend the many years, you know, 20 plus years building this, this to what I want it to be to, you know, me as the face of the company and, and who we are, you know, if I do ever give it up, it's going to be passed on to my daughter-in-law or it's going to be shut down. I'm not going to sell it and I'm not going to give it away to anybody else because I don't want it to be changed or broken up or whatever the case may be, you know, it's going to be, but it's probably going to be something I do until I can't do it anymore. And, and if my family doesn't take it over, then it's going to close down. Yeah. I haven't said that. So, you know, what legacy do you want to leave back? What are the things you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for that, for, to be that, you know, that woman that was, you know, a go-giver and a go-getter who built a business that served others, not just her clients, but her team, because I love being able to give the opportunity to people to do work and to make money and to do what they love doing it for me and my clients, as well as serving the clients and having them get what they want out of their business and life. I want to be that woman that, you know, said, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm there for you. And I lived my life on my terms, built my business on my terms and left behind that legacy of, you know, doing it. Frank Sinatra says doing it my way. <laughs> but you've been this on this journey for like over 20 years now doing this, helping businesses and clients as well, you know, and um, I believe you've built a relationship along the way as well, you know, and um People often talk about, you know, success and business, personal success as well. You know, for you, with all that experience, what would you say success is? The true meaning of success to you? Success for me is achieving the goals that I have for myself, for my company, and for, you know, my husband and I, because, you know, we do have mutual goals for ourselves and so, you know, success for me is not just about the, the amount of money I'm making. It's not just about, um, you know, it is partly the, it's the beach house in Florida, but it's being able to live life on my terms and find joy and find fun and find and, and do the things that I want to do whenever I want to do them. 
and whether it's in business or that's business or personal, I want to be able to have the life that allows me to do what I want, when I want and how I want it in business and life and whatever revenue. I mean, yes, I'm, I have revenue numbers that I want to make and I'm sure I will get there when I'm, you know, as a part of that, but the money part is only a small part of the success. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy what I do. I want to help people grow their businesses and do what they want to do. And, and I want to be able to, you know, travel when I want, have my beach house, you know, whatever the case may be, I want to have that life that, that is happy and successful in those terms, not just a monetary number of, Oh, I want to make a million dollars and that will be success. There's more to, there's more to life than money. And there's more to success than money. And, and that is how I define success. It's making my life the way I want it to be with whatever revenue that is, with whatever um, work that I want to do and play that I want to do. You know, I want to have that, that happy life that does what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I definitely take a lot from that, you know, freedom, give love, give back and, you know, empathy as well, you know, it's part of it as well, you know, trying to just, you know, give things out for free, you know, because you never know, things always come back to you anyway, you know, you really, you know, like that, you know, and you've dropped a lot of good things on the show so far, so good, you know, but if someone's listening to you right now, you know, and, and you want them to take away something from this show, this conversation, you know, what would that to be? That would be, if you haven't started yet and you have a business idea and you want to, you want to get out from under a job or if you want to, you know, whatever your goal is in life, go for it. You can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want and be whoever you want to be. If you give yourself permission to do it, that is the key. You must give yourself permission to go for it and to do it and to not stop until you get to what you want out of life. Um, that's that's go for it give yourself permission because so many people think they have to be a certain way or do a certain thing because of what other people have told them that they need to be or they need to do be who you want to be do what you want to do go where you want to go give yourself permission to be that person because nobody else has that control over you you do it you do you is is what you got to do yeah, absolutely. We love that. You know, just to you. Great. Where is the best place to get in touch with you? You know, because people want to, I don't know, maybe reach out to you and maybe they have a few questions for you, you know, because you've dropped a lot of bombs here, Sophie. I'm going to say that, you know, I probably listen to it like over and over again. I'm trying to get my notepad and I start writing, but you know, where is the best place to get in touch with you? Uh, the best place to get in touch with me is my website, sophiezo.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-Z as in zebra O.com. And then, of course, I am on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse. And usually it's Sophie Zoe or, um, you know, the Sophie Zoe when someone took Sophie Zoe. And um, <laughs> you, there's uh, my email address is Sophie at SophieZoe.com. So any of those ways are good ways to find me, get in touch with me. My website has a link to my calendar if you want to book a call and, and ask questions learn more about what we do and how we do it and how we can help you. Um, and of course, then there's my podcast, Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. It's on all the major podcast platforms. So you can visit me there and learn and, and learn a lot about what I 
teach and do and and advise and and that kind of a thing. Yeah, nice one, Sophie. I think it's, it's always heartbreaking when you want to um, get a name on social media and the name is taken. You be like, oh my god, man, I, sh- I should have I should have done this ages ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Most of them are Sophie Zoe. I think it's Instagram where somebody had Sophie Zoe, and it's like. All right, I am the Sophie Zoe. So I, you know, that's what I do. I did that on Skype too long ago when I long ago when I set up my Skype account. Sophie Zoe was taken, and I'm like, well, I'm the Sophie Zoe. So that's what I do when they take my name. I'm like, no, I'm the Sophie Zoe. So that's 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 how I I was able to do that because I don't want to put numbers after my name or anything like that. So it's either Sophie Zoe or the Sophie Zoe. That's almost always what I can get when, even when my my little my Sophie Zoe is taken. I think I like D Sophie Zoe as well. This is good. <laughs> Do you? You know, it's like I am the Sophie Zoe. There is no other. There is no replacement. There is no. You know, <laughs> I am the one. <laughs> yeah, Sophie. I want. I want to thank you for this. You know, and also grateful as well for giving me your time. You know, I know everybody. Time is precious. You know, people probably have a little of that but you were still able to share that with me you know and i'm glad you did and i'm happy as well thanks for that well thank you for having me and letting me be on your show and talk to your audience and um i look forward to uh, staying in touch and seeing how we can continue to support each other in our businesses thanks sophie nice one good great yeah see you soon speak soon man all righty bye 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 bye, bye. yeah <laughs>